Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Welcome back to Projectile Lunchcast, episode 36, still stuck in a bunker. My name is Marcel, and I'm here with my fellow bunker dwellers, Richard. I only eat canned food. Basti. Hi, hi. And the spirits of Todd Howard. <laughs> Alas, he cannot talk to us, unfortunately, so I will make do with Richard and Basti. And yes, we are still here. We hope you are still here, here being safe at home, uh, where you're not getting infected or infecting other people. This shit's serious, so please stay healthy, stay safe, and listen to some quality entertainment. And when the quality entertainment runs out, maybe listen to the projectile lunchcast instead. Um, before we dive into today's topic, we must, as always, honor the timed honor tradition of games that came out on this day. And I think, Richard, for the first time ever, we may have to like uh, set a hard rule okay. on this. Like, you know, like with, with presidential discussions and debates, everybody only gets a certain amount of time to talk because I think Basti may have a lot to say about one of these things. Oh, God, no. Mm. Because on this I'm day sure. in history, and this day is March 26 uh, in our in in the year of our Lord and Savior, uh, 2020. And 1994, on this day, came out a little-known game called System Shock. Basti, go. Hell yeah! One of the best games ever made. You totally don't want to play it nowadays because uh, if you have fond memories of that game, and even with the updated mouse uh, movement version from um, GOG, from looking glass is actually not 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 fun fun to play. No, great great game. I played it on the Amiga, which was uh, unfortunate because it had no um actor uh, uh, no audio. So like all the audio logs or whatever you remember from System Shock One, um were not there. It was just text. But replayed it then later on PC. An absolutely brilliant game. Um, interesting game. I mean, you have never already seen so many UI buttons to reload your gun uh, or doing whatever on your screen. I think the the screen was probably like sixty percent, like the actual uh, gameplay screen. The rest was UI. And so, um, sorry to interrupt you, but just one question: You played this right when it came out, right at nine ninety four? I believe. Only? No, not right when it came out. I believe a couple of years later on my Amiga, maybe like 96, 95 or something. I, I, to be honest, it's uh, I can cannot remember anymore. And Richard, you played as well, or? Uh, yes, but I have a slightly different take on System Shock. In that, because I have to say, I've, I've never played it. I only know it, and you know, I, it feels like System oh. Shock is one of those games that is like a a big touch point for game developers. Like you will so often hear hey. System Shock cited as a direct or like you know like somewhat indirect influence or something. So, you know so Richard, what? what's your take? You're not as enthusiastic no, as Bastion. Any, anybody who's talking about System Shock being great is talking about System Shock 2. System Shock 1 might as well have been a fucking Sierra point-and-click adventure because there were so many ways to break that shit and barely fucking yeah. play it. I mean, I, it, it, your your story, while heartfelt, and your opinions about games are, are your own and to be respected, but... That is a typical um, System Shock love story, right? It's like, yeah, I loved it. I played it. Uh, there wasn't any fucking audio. Like that, that's that's usually when people are playing that. Like, yeah, I get like twenty minutes in, I have no fucking idea what to do. Like, no, just, I'm yeah. just talking about the audio locks. Sure, oh. sure, sure. I know, I know. But uh, no, but, but there, there's always a thing. I think I think two is the one, much like Mega Man. Yes. Where where that's that's the one that you remember. That's the one that really that really hit its stride and did it. I I don't. Uh, I don't put a lot of stock in System Shock 1, personally. So same and as Anthem, then? Yeah, yeah, the first one sucked, and then uh, they never remade it again. As much as I like to, to argue with you, Richard, when it comes to, <laughs> as an example, video game movies, um, <laughs> I agree with you here. That's why I meant that we all, yeah. like, a lot of people like myself having like fond memories, but sure, I sure, sure. tried to replay System Shock 1 a couple of years ago. And it's not really holding up. It's it's a case of 
uh, that game was doing so much stuff for the first time ever, right? Or right. combining a lot of genres, which nobody has has done before. Basically, created the 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 um, the, the sim uh, uh, genre. I, I think I think yeah, it's it's but, one of those things where people even today don't realize how much stuff comes from from that that place. Exactly, yeah. but, but it was, was, was not necessarily good or Ultima on the world. I think Underworld. No, Underworld was first. I didn't play. I, I, honestly, I'm not even sure off the top of my head. I didn't play. No, Ultima. Underworld. I think Underworld was first. But was System Shock? And you, you already mentioned was System Shock the first game that that launched the still ongoing trope thirty years later, almost of uh, audio locks as storytelling. Yes, audio locks as storytelling in general, like for environmental storytelling, this game was absolutely brilliant. Um, but I think the the one thing which most people remember, which is the most obvious, is audio logs. But uh, there are so many more things, like the uh, more not not you though, being more an RPG shooter than um, compared to not me exactly compared to Ultima Underworld, which was a classic RPG, but yeah, heavily influential. But System Shock Two was better in so many regards even though that a lot of the people from the old crew were not there anymore i think ken levine was still in system shock 2 uh i believe yeah ken levine yeah. worked on yeah, yeah, yeah i believe so i, I think he wasn't so. working on system shock 1 but i have to look that up that's, well we'll get to mr levine in a second Ooh. um so that's that's it for system shock then mm-hmm. now the second game is one that i have very fond memories of because on this day March 26th in, uh, shit, I forgot to write down the year, but I'm going to say it was 2002. Gotta okay. be. I think it was Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast uh, by good, Raven yeah. Software. That's a good game. Holy shit, good. And that was a really, really good game. And that was like from the period that I fondly remember because back then I was actively working on several fan sites, but when for a while having, you know, so, so LucasArts had his up and downs. You know, obviously in the 90s, they were the kings of certain PC genres. Then towards the end of the 90s, as the, the prequel movies dredged themselves up from the swamp, um, they <laughs> had what maybe they did. A, a down face, you know, where they did a lot of games like Super Bombad Racing. Yeah, but they did uh, Power Battles, man. What about True. Power Battles? And, and and then, like, in the early 2000s, like, they had a resurgence where they thought, like, hey, we have the hottest IP known to man, and um, there's a lot of really talented game developers out there. So what if we pair our, you know, our, our quality IP with developers that are really, really good at the genres they do? And that was the time when we had... Uh, several action games from Raven. We had uh, RPGs from Bioware and Obsidian. We had an MMO from Varent. So, you know, that was like a really, really great time, I feel like, when they realized, hey, maybe we are not that great at doing all genres internally, but like there's really, really great external developers who are great at these genres. Let's work with those guys. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love um, Jedi Outcasts. Uh, I played a ton of it, multiplayer at LAN parties back in the day with friends. There I still think uh, it has it has one of the best uh, logos of any like like just on the cover because they managed to get all the parts the element of like the name uh, into a, a stylized lightsaber so that was like some amazing work there I appreciate that as a marketing uh, vampire. Um, you are a marketing vampire. Is that was the first time lightsaber was fun in a game? Yeah. I also liked uh, the first Jedi Knight, but like Jedi Knight Two, like it felt much more like really like like fighting. How hardcore like, were you? Did you go on servers and turn on uh, dismemberment and yeah, all that crazy shit? Because I, I did, yeah. I did not do that. No, uh, no. Me not so much. But I had a friend who, for years, I think played like in in, in Germany in the ESL. They had like a one-on-one lightsaber dueling ladder. Oh God! So he really got way into that. That's amazing. So, that was yeah, there was for... there was a time when I was still like uh, hanging around on land parties, kids. Look, read that shit up on the internet. That, that was, was good stuff, man. The oh. whole the whole thing, the whole Kyle Katarn arc. Good times. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and then we have one last uh, game um, that came out on this day in history in 2013 by one Ken Levine, mm-hmm. and that is the uh, somewhat, I believe, controversial, but I loved it. Bioshock Infinite. I don't get how that game's fucking controversial. I, I truly don't get how that game's controversial. Well, I think some of it is is uh, with regards to his politics, I believe. What? what but oh, even, tell, tell me about his politics. Oh, the game's politics? Yeah. Like what? 
can you give me a controversy from Bioshock Infinite? I think like for a lot of people, it felt like um, it's it's trying to do the whole oh both sides are actually bad people, even though one side like is pretty much obviously the bad guys. <laughs> but even then, it's like but all oh, these but these revolutionaries they're unwashed. They're essentially the same. <laughs> Which I, yeah, I, think I, I don't some remember people a lot of that. I, maybe I, maybe I remember like, it wrong. And I mean, personally, were... sorry, go ahead, Basti. There, there was a lot of talks about that game. I mean, the 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 story part was heavily criticized, but also, um, while I think it is it is a really good shooter or good game, a good good triple A game. Uh, it was a bad Bioshock game. I think for a lot of like Bioshock fans, um, felt that Infinite was a big letdown. And to be honest, from for myself, uh, I had a not a good time with with Infinite. I think it was a good game, but for for Bioshock game, what I expected from that brand, um, the game was not really delivering. What 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 brand at that point? Bioshock one and so, two, also like two, but I think believe Richard, you're also someone who hates two, right? I did not like two. I did not like two at all. I don't like the That's idea the- of. I I it felt like it was really like um like how do I say that like like a forum post. You know, it felt like something I would have read on GameFAQs. Like, it'd be great if you could play as a big daddy because they're the biggest. And you got a drill arm. Oh, but you're like the first big daddy. So you're the biggest daddy. Well, the story was great, though. Uh, but, but I thought I think... the, 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 the best part about Bioshock 2, supposedly the Minerva's Den DLC, like I've heard oh, a ton of praise for so that, even from people good. who didn't like the main game. Hey, man, I've... if the coolest part of your game is a fucking add-on, perhaps that's not a strong argument for your game. <clears throat> While Bioshock 2 was also going a little bit more towards uh, the the action uh, game direction, uh, the the biggest a, problem I think with Infinite was shame. that, yeah, uh, the biggest problem with Infinite was that it was just a action game and not yeah. an immersive sim anymore, yeah, I mean, and the story was kind of like not good, not great. It kind of yeah, I, the story is what it is. I mean, at least they at least they tried some some weirdness in there, which I always appreciate. Um, I I don't know, man, like. It, it it always struck me weird that people would be like, well, it's not it's not Bioshock because we're not uh, hanging out in Rapture or whatever. It's like no, that uh, was yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, but that, that was never my problem. I think the the genre <laughs> shift was more my issue. They should have called it fucking Arrow Shock and been done with it. Just break that shit off. I mean, I know brand oh. recognition is a thing, but. Uh, but, you should uh, work in marketing, Richard. No, that that's another that's that. that's another dumb forum post. Don't don't take me because like really this the the real business person smart play is hey why would we build all of this stuff up on a brand that people can recognize and then ruin the name like that's mm-hmm. that's not that's not something that should ever have left whatever forum I read that on, but I get it like I I think I think that maybe maybe um uh like I think they they probably did a good enough job of setting expectations to this isn't rapture um looking back now that you guys have mentioned i can see maybe the politics have been a little heavy-handed and uh and but you know you get that in a ton of games especially around that era i don't know i i don't see it as divisive i i I definitely wouldn't put it in a in the camp of a game that i was not happy i played it's the i have to say for myself it's the only one i finished Really? Actually, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like oh. when when Bioshock first came out on, on on the Xbox, I couldn't play it because like it always gave me a headache. Uh, the FOV was like too oh, low really? for me. Yeah. And so then by the time PC it came out on PC race. or something, uh, I, I didn't play it. So like I only finished Infinite. Um, I the story, the ending, I did not like because I'm generally not a fan of like parallel universe stuff because it always feels like a little bit of like a cop out to me. And now who's spoiling? But I would say, like, one thing that can be said, like, that game has a phenomenal art direction. And, like, to me, like, those, those like, the first hour or something, like, Discovering Columbia is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, that, that, that's really good. I think, um, who, uh, was it, was, Troy, was it Troy Baker? Yeah. Presumably. That's, that's also right in that, that era where they were just asking him and Nolan North to do their, their standard-ass voices. Like it's like we get these amazingly talented voice actors, and they're like, "Just What's do his name? Booker DeWitt, right?" Yeah, Booker DeWitt. Just do your Troy Baker voice, please. And he's like, "All right, this is gonna be an easy paycheck." That guy has done roles where where people don't even know it's him. Like, I mean, he's yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say stay away from Infinite. Stay away from fucking two. No, it's not a it's not a bad game. It's not a bad game in general. Yeah. Also, Marcel, like, how how can you look into the mirror and never finish? I think I don't they, like uh, fish. Of all games, 
I, think I don't like should, fish. I think they should make a, a Bioshock Infinite too, and you could play as that big fucking bird, because that would be really cool. And then just get rid of all like the stealth stuff, and you just fight. And stuff I just personally, I just hope that the next Bioshock game, hopefully, fingers crossed, is a game as a service with a battle pass and loot boxes, and I'll be all the way in. That's disgusting, and you should feel also. Let me let me preemptively say about the next Bioshock. I personally don't mind the microtransactions in this game. Oh my god! Hmm. Uh, at least I mean, you hit they all of your notes. that they're working on Bioshock Four, right? So the people have like a variety of studios and teams have been working on the next hmm. Bioshock for quite a while now. No, but haven't they like last year said something officially like? Yes, uh, they, they've now officially announced it. I think they they formed a new studio to work on that. Do you guys yeah, want to but... guess the uh, guess the setting? I mean, you had one underwater, you had one in mm. space with System Shock, you had one in the city in the clouds. What do you think the setting is going to be? Mm. On moon. Ooh, moon shock. Yeah. Marcel? Uh, I hope they go for something like like with a like like a sci-fi. Uh, sorry, sci-fi like like something semi-historic, like with a very strong art direction again. Like so, something like moon could be cool, but maybe like almost I would feel too generic. Yeah. Because so it really feels like for those games, like the settings are the stars. What, so what really, Nazis I, I don't know what you're going to do. You got to say something. Okay, you had, you had me at Nazis. You have to guess. Uh, in the 40s, it's a volcano base or something. Fucking volcano base. That's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my money down on mini golf course. But like That's a really, <laughs> like a really, really big one. I mean, it's clever. Like, he didn't put down any actual money, so he's not going to lose anything. And if it should be set on mini-golf course, he will look like the smartest person ever. I am the smartest person ever. You so, just call me well when mini-golf shot comes out. Mini-golf shot, I will. Yeah. So uh, let's let's move on, because as as I feared, we've, we've spent a lot of time with Busty's endless droning about... Uh, uh, Seriously, shut up about what's System the, What's the shock? name of the Bioshock clone again? Oh uh, System my god, Basti. And uh, today, so so we, uh, before we talk about something else, maybe we should also appreciate like holy fucking shit, guys, mm-hmm. we we've made it. Like mm-hmm. it, it was it was close. It was a close call for a while for 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 all of us, for humanity and Earth. But we did live to the day that a new Half Life game came out yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. With great. Re- sorry, I mean three days ago. Because this is live, right? Yes. Um, live from the bunker. Live from the bunker. Um, it got great reviews. It has a decent amount of numbers playing for pe- people playing for a VR game. And it also kind of ties back to what we want to talk about today. Because um, the last Half-Life game, of course, that came out was Half-Life 2. And that was really, feels like to me, the game that kick-started the digital revolution of buying games online. Sure. Sure. You remember back then there was a huge drama like that that people were outraged that they can buy the game online but they could not play it. They had to wait for for like physical copies to arrive in stores like you know like in in the Neanderthal times. Who would have thought that like 16 years later it's still going to be the same? Yeah. And, and uh, because to the, me, yeah. Yeah. they made you play Richard, on Steam you, and everything. Sorry. Sorry Richard, would you like to introduce actually what we're going to talk about today? Like I tried like oh. a a semi shaky, semi decent segue yeah, via you, via the the freeman factor because everybody almost... loves like is this is this is good for this is good for like our our SEO, right? Oh god. Let's just say Gordon Freeman Half-Life Steam uh, crowbar uh, Counter-Strike head grab loot loot boxes rare knives Ravenholm. Cats. Okay, Kid... that's great. That should cover everything. This is going to be so good like so many clicks. Okay, Richard, what are we going to talk about today? Kids react. Oh, sorry. I thought we were still going. Um, you know, I thank you for almost halfway kind of teeing me up and then dropping it at the end. That was that was wonderful. Uh, so what what is interesting is we as we continue to cover the um the fallout effects of COVID nineteen is what's been going on with our good old fashioned friends in the in the physical games distribution land at GameStop. Um, Game GameStop is is they have GameStop everywhere now, right? That's not a European American thing. Nobody's gonna be weird about that. It was Game in the UK. So in the game, it's Game in the UK. It's uh, I think Game in parts of of like Scandinavia as well. In Germany, yeah. we have GameStop, right, Basti? Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, but it feels like more or less it's the same. Like I think it's more or less the same offering and also all the same issues that both of them are facing. So you can just say game. I think it's sorry, GameStop. It's it's universal. Yeah, point. I mean, and, and more of a more of a kind of wider discussion on physical game sales nowadays and what the hell they're gonna do in the future. Um, and 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 just I wanted to get you guys' take on, because like for me the the weird prediction is like oh E3 not gonna happen this year. It's never coming back. And I'm wondering uh, what you guys, if you guys see a, a similar kind of uh, arc for physical game retailers. Um, I'm not sure if actually off the top of my head there is another 
a place that just sells video games that I can remember. I mean, they used to have like EB and all that stuff, but uh, no, I think I think just just the game stores has been pretty much consolidated down to GameStop, right? Like everything else is no. you can also yeah, I mean, buy it. If, at an if anything store. else, and it's just like indie stores. So, so like I don't think there is another franchise uh, that, that has just games. So and pops. so many fucking pops. So many fucking pops. Well, they bought uh, GameStop acquired a toy maker that did that. Um, and that'll be that'll be kind of one of the one of the things that that maybe I'll I'll we'll circle back to is all the stuff that they've done to kind of keep their business afloat. Um, but no, they they've been in the news recently due to due to the um, the reaction to COVID nineteen. Um, now some of this stuff is is either weird or unverified uh, that I've that I've been kind of looking into. But uh, basically the gist of it is, uh, GameStop is now closing all of its uh, stores. They announced this like two days ago, I believe. Uh, they're closing all their stores. They're shifting online sales and curbside pickups, um, and they'll close them for a couple weeks, I believe. Um, they uh, they did not want to do this <laughs> until until two days ago. So, I mean, um, I'll put the conspiracy theory forth, uh, and I'll say that it's a it's at that point just a conspiracy theory. And you guys tell me how likely you think it is. So, GameStop um, is seeing this uh, lots of shutdown from Corona. They're like, oh god, uh, let's not, let's not do that. So the general directive was anything that's not essential, uh, close it down. And they're like, fuck it, of course we're essential, dog. People need video games to live. Um, no, they they argued and like I still don't know how. Like they argued that they sell stuff that people use to work from home, like from home office. So yeah. that's what they're essential. I don't know what it is all about. It's, it's about. Uh, I think it's uh, there's a memo that they put out. Um, I don't read Essential it off, uh, Kotaku. It's uh, due to the products we carry that enable and enhance our customers' experience in working from home. We believe GameStop is classified as essential retail and therefore is able to remain open during this time. So uh, the memo also said that if any cops come in there telling them to shut down, they're like call call the regional office. Um, no, again, like, but I really appreciate that they themselves they do not say what it is. They're just they, like, they we do, have yeah. products that help people work. Like, the fuck, a, a, a Iron Man 2 Funko Pop is not going to help me work from home, is it? Uh, Funko Pop is never going to help anyone work. Uh, that's <laughs> that's the truth. Um, so I think I saw a lot of speculation. I think a lot of people argued that I think at this point GameStop also trades in phones or some shit. That, well, they're and always, that, that was their, their yeah. angle, like, hey, you can buy a phone here and you can call people that you work with with a phone. So that's like working from home, so we're essential, right? <laughs> or some shit. That's but we're going to get to why they actually did it in a second, I assume, Richard. Yeah, yeah. So, theory. I mean, uh, the the other story that, that was uh, was later on verified was... I'm going to see if I can find the name, uh, the state. It was Governor... Governor Wolf. Was it Pennsylvania? Yes, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf um, was, uh, was supposedly going to pull GameStop's business license and uh, shutter the stores on the 23rd. Um... This one came under some kind of controversial happen didn't happen stuff because his uh, his list of closure thing the the sign that is posted on so there's there's an article by some some source that I I don't feel is important right now that listed a Reddit post so it's like the the, the Reddit post just has a picture of notice of closure do not remove this sign um, and that was supposed to be on the twentieth. So that would be last Friday, yeah. So they were going to close it on the 20th at 12 p.m. Um, and they were not to open ever again. But uh, Governor Wolf's office uh, later released a statement about, like, hey, we're not enforcing this stuff till the 23rd. Um, so that that one's a little shaky. But the, the theory immediately became that, you know, hey, two games came out on the 20th. It was Animal Crossing and Doom. We need that pre-order money. We need to get paid. Uh, and then right after that that uh, that sales weekend happened, they were like, "Yeah, hey, look, uh, health is our number one priority of our employees, so we're gonna close up uh, for the foreseeable." Um, I, I think they they also didn't didn't some stores at least like try to split it up, like they sold Doom one day early on a Thursday, and then so to say, hey, we we want less crowds, so instead we're gonna have two days of crowds, we're gonna get Doom on, on Thursday, that and then is and interesting. Friday. 
that 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 would be interesting. I haven't I haven't heard about that myself, but if uh if they're out there breaking street date, that's that it is just a lovely little cherry on top of that. I mean, it, it definitely happened because like Bethesda yeah. at least in Germany they put out a a announcement like a social media like hey guys if you have the game early that's great have fun but don't stream it bethesda is normally really chill with people breaking street date and just all sorts of uh, messing with bethesda seems like it always works out for whoever does it so they're also very chill usually with breaking the kneecaps of people who break street <laughs> right, dates. Right. they very they will very cool and collectively sue you into oblivion or never never send anybody copies again you mean oblivion like the first elder scrolls yes, game they'll sue uh... It's actually painful. I wasn't prepared for it. See, normally I have a commute to get used to you, but now that I don't have it, like these things, they they are like physical blows. Um, so GameStop, uh, GameStop closed up. First off, what do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think about the truth to these these nefarious claims? To be honest, like GameStop is a company which is notorious for controversies and nefarious claims. Like every single year, there's several um, weird stories about GameStop, how they treat their employees, some other shit, how they gave completely false um, financial calls or predictions of their financial calls. And there's so much weird stuff about that company in the last couple of years, which is clearly struggling to find or to find a way to survive in the modern day and age without really changing and just like doing weird stuff to keep the boat afloat somehow. Such and to be honest, I th- purchasing yeah, a, such- a notable uh, uh, exactly. games, games journalism out, out thing, right? Exactly. So Which, how, how is if- Game Informer doing? I heard a couple more people got laid off from there. Is that even uh, it was like, 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 like two crew, probably? Yes. Yeah. Which is a shame because, like, I really like Game Informer is the last subscription to a video game magazine I have, like, digitally. Oh my god, uh, I quite I quite like Game Informer. Uh, uh, yeah, Game Game Informer. Uh, I'm not I'm not disparaging Game Informer. So it was it was those those couple of things. I believe it is Think Geek, the name of the company. Yeah, yes. Think Geek. They they acquired Think Geek, Think Geek um, so that they could uh, put a lot of cool. You can't see my air quotes. Cool stuff in there. Uh, do you guys own so, any Funko Pops? No. I believe I own one. Mm-hmm. I have two. That I once uh, got naturally from a loot box. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. I, I have two, and they are both gifts. So, but I, did I do you get one from me? I did get one from you. Uh, Marcel gave what me did a you... uh, gave me a Commander Zavala. Uh, Funko. Oh right, how thoughtful sits on me. my sits on my desk. And another another. Say thoughtful... something in Zavala voice. Uh, Guardian, you have to get to work. Um, nice. But uh, another colleague gave me a Mega Man Funko Pop that I uh, that I also hang out, carry around. I carry it around. That's Three that's what I meant to say. Yes, it never leaves my side. Just me and the Mega Man Funko Pop. Um, Is it with you when you shower? So so, I mean, I said everywhere, and yes. I don't I don't shower. I'm in bunker mode. I clean myself like <laughs> a cat. Mm, nice. Yep. Pop open a can of ravioli, sit in my temporary balcony litter box while I scream at neighbors and groom myself. That's pretty much my. <laughs> that's pretty much my three to five. Shit. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. I appreciate um, it. Appreciate so, so Basti, your your stake your stake is uh, GameStop is known for being shady. You believe this uh, this terrible tale? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Marcel. I mean, this is about as likable as the fact, like as believable as the fact that I breathe some air today. Okay, so you also it's think like it's it's I, I, to be, I, I think I think it's so obvious that like you're short selling yourself by calling it a theory. It's just uh, you, you know, you never wanna you never wanna come out there. Right? I'm trying to be an impartial journalist because apparently uh, it's about ethics. It's the the timings add up. Tell me, gentlemen, do you have any? Uh, have you have you ever traded in video games? Nope. Not once. No. Marcel. I don't believe so. No. Like when I want to get rid of a game, I sold them on eBay. You sell you so you sell them personally. I have done so in the past. Yeah. Like wow. these days, I mean, it's it's usually digital stuff. But yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever. Tra- I, I'm not sure if the trading in was such a big thing in Germany. Yeah, I they do the trade the trade ins here are weird because they sell them for uh, exorbitant prices. I mean, at least uh, I remember I remember being able to go into a GameStop or, or a secondhand game store in the states and get something that felt remotely like a deal. But uh, that was before I knew what a Steam sale was, so maybe I was always blind. 
Uh, yeah, so they're they're um, I I, I did I I did uh, I did trade in I did I have I'm one of the people that has the the trade in horror story, like I did it once and it was garbage and I vowed never ever to do it again. Um, what did you trade in and how much did they give you? My grand plan was to trade in my uh, my uh, Dreamcast and all of its stuff for a new Xbox, um, and I did not. I did not come close to that goal. It was a really Richard. bad experience. Richard, yeah, you have you have only one soul. I'm afraid. I think it's over now. Yeah, I mean, you know, back then I didn't I didn't know how well I'd miss all of the stuff on the Dreamcast, all the stuff I had for it at least. Uh, I also didn't know uh, how to pirate things, otherwise I wouldn't have missed it at all. Because um, apparently, you know, the Dreamcast was was might as well have been fucking free by the time that thing went under. Um. No, I, I, I got all. I, it was the, it's the classic story. I'm sure you guys have heard it. I got all my stuff together in a in a bin, and I was like, man, if they give me a, a third of what I'm thinking they're gonna give me, I'll be able to walk out with an Xbox and two new games and all this great stuff. And I just they got, gave you like three dollars. They 50? gave me yeah. They, the guy spit in my hand, uh, told me I was lucky, and told me to fuck off. It was a really really terrible experience. And since then, I have vowed that if I ever get a platform of a few users, I will shit talk GameStop forever. No, um. It wasn't even a GameStop. It was just a. It was an indie, an independent games reseller in the in the mall where I grew up that also sold um, like uh, they would chip your PlayStation, sell you fucking pirated games for five bucks a pop. So uh, yeah. so about as shady as a GameStop. But yeah, they later went out of business and I celebrated it myself. Aside from from the the trade-ins, which I think GameStop is the most famous about, there's also been uh, a few. Fun time, GameStop, common controversies. Would any of you like to guess uh, at a few, or even supply your own if you if you can think of any? Well, I will have something to bitch about later, but like now, now you're thinking guessing. What else have they done? I mean, they they are quite infamous, as Basti already said. Like for sometimes how how they treat employees, or like how how much pressure they put on employees to f- make them, you know, pre or like get people to pre-order or trade in shit, or like to sell them insurance for games and whatever. Yeah, and it's also the club. They have a club. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to, because that seems to be something that that pops up like almost once a year, like like an internal memo or something leaks, where it's like, wow, these guys like really treat their employees like shit if they don't get enough pre-orders or whatever. They also treat their so like did they force like employee they they force employees to create a shit experience for the customer. Yeah. Uh, most of these ploys are about as well thought out as multiplayer in a Nintendo game, so. The new addition to their board of directors makes a ton of sense, but um, in that regard, at least. But no, they've 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 done a few things. Uh, I I do like uh, I do like the I am not sure what it was. I believe it was 18 February 18. It was no, it was a little early on that, probably around 360 time, where they. I I don't know what kind of internet movement spawned this, but it was people um holding up two copies of uh. Of games in GameStop for different prices. Like that was always a fun one. It's like, hey, these two, these two random pre-owned copies are going to cost you different amounts, and it's not about missing material. I don't think they're marking down for uh, missing manuals and boxes at that point. Um, that was that was a fun one. Uh, the 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 one thing, and, I, and I'm not sure who this harms. Probably not the employees, but uh, GameStop allows um, employees to take a take a copy of the game home and play it for a little while. That's pretty great, right? Yep. Except I'm not sure because do you guys do well actually a lot of shopping in GameStop? Never. Like I try to avoid this store uh, if I can. Good. Good. Marcel. I'm not sure if I ever bought something from a physical GameStop. I once, I think I ordered my my Dragon Age Inquisitioners Collector's Edition, so online from them. Yeah. I think uh, no, I, I, got, yeah, I think I the last I think collector's edition from GameStop once. I think the last time I bought something from a GameStop was in Ireland eight years ago. So, what would you guys do? Because so this, this is a situation that happened to me, and you tell me how you how you'd have have uh, dealt with this. Uh, you go in, uh, you want to buy a new game. Marcel, name a new game you want to buy. A uh, new game I want to buy: uh, Marvel's Avengers. Let's say you want to buy Marvel's Avengers because you probably caught some kind of mad cow disease. Um, and you say, you know, one Marvel's Avengers, please, uh, new. And they take a disc out of a sleeve, 
put it in a a game case and hand it over the counter to you. Are are you cool with that? No, of course not. Like that is that is my biggest complaint with them. Like um, my, my last experience with not GameStop but game was I think last October. Bust and myself were in England for a work trip, and I popped down to the local game because I wanted to pick uh, up all this yeah, game for Switch. Yeah. And I asked them like, "Hey, do you also have new copies of the game?" We were like, "That's new," and I'm like, "New is sealed." And he was like, "Okay, we got one last one." So yeah, like that is something that like absolutely would never fly for me. Like if you want to sell me a a sealed like a new copy, that should be sealed. I need that new game. And smell. if it's open, then it's not a then it's not a new game that you're selling me. Like I, I don't care. Like uh, it's possible that that you know they they never used it. They just open it and put it on the shelf, like with the empty or or it as you said, it could be. It's possible that one of their employees. Uh, played played for five hours and then tried to make love to that disc. I don't know, but that like one... uh, if it's if it's not sealed, then that's not a new copy to me, and that's and that's like the baseline for me. That's where it ends that I, discussion. I agree, I agree, and it was very fun walking out. How about the um the thing with the uh, the NES Classic? You guys remember this one? No, this one was great. So NES Classic comes out. Uh, Nintendo made about sixteen of them. So they, they made they made uh low low amounts of the uh the NES classic. Yes, you remember this. Yes, no. yes. Yeah. So that thing sold out. Um a little bit after it sold out, uh GameStop and this is not exclusive to GameStop, but uh, the 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 practice of doing this, but the timing on this one was great. They uh they found um a, a bunch and put them online with bundles for much more much more money. So you could buy a classic NES with like uh Tetris lights or a Mega Man helmet, which I would have bought. But um, <laughs> so yeah, the in-store bundle is a is a kind of common practice. You see a lot of that with like Fallout 76. Remember? Yep. Yeah. But what were you saying, Marcel? I think like really the the thing that sums up game, like the quintessential GameStop experience is to me is somebody walking into a store saying, "Hey, I want this game new. Like, do you have sealed copies?" And then they try to actively push you instead of buying a new copy that the you know publisher benefits from. They're like, well, we got this this used copy here, and it costs like two dollars less than a new copy, which you know it, it's it's like the the, it's the the craziest shit, right? Like the, un, the sorry the 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 prices of used games or pre-owned as you say in the US, mm-hmm. like like often it's like two or three euros less than a new copy. And they actively, of course, try to sell that shit because, like, they have a huge margin on those. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, uh, uh, obviously, it's always terrible when when uh, when people lose jobs and everything. But I'm not sure there's gonna be a ton of people working in the games industry who will be heartbroken about seeing GameStop and their business practices disappear one day. What do you guys think about GameStop? Is the origin spot for pre-order DLC? I mean. Uh, I have not no idea exclusively, but not the origin spot now. But but yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big point. I mean, at the same time, we are the in the industry. If you talk to any game developer, etc., like you find rarely a person who is a big fan or fond of GameStop. At the same time, we are still doing a shit ton of like as an industry exclusive deals and exclusive DLC and content. If you pre-order or buy the GameStop version, I mean that stuff is still going on. So I mean, GameStop uh, believes that they are the uh, the originators of this policy. Uh, Do they? Yeah, GameStop really? uh, from a from a press release from a press Is that release something you from, brag about? from 2010. GameStop announces the first ever downloadable content pre-ordering campaign. Would you like to guess the game, Marcel? 2010. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Assassin's Creed something. Uh no that that is you you're you're close because that is also one they advertised with a. A uh, lovely poster that says, "Sorry, the bonus mission is blocked unless you pre-order Assassin's Creed Origins." GameStop, power to the players. Uh, no, not that game. Try again. What else came out in 2010? Uh, uh, Halo. Yes, it is Halo Reach. It so, is... so what, what, what was the, what was it about the details exactly? Uh, yes. Uh, GameStop. I'll just read it straight. Credit goes to GameStop.com for their news release. Um, GameStop, the world's largest multi-channel video game retailer, announced today that the first ever pre-order exclusive bonus, the Mark Five, Mark V, or Five? Do you prefer? Which one do you like? Five, yes, because yeah. like they're 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 numbers. They're numbered. 
Uh, announced today the first ever pre-order exclusive bonus item, the Mark V Spartan Flaming Helmet for customers who pre-order the upcoming Halo Reach Noble Map Digital Add-on Pack at U.S. GameStop location. Halo fans and gamers are looking forward to accessing hours of new gameplay and extending the Halo Reach experience, said GameStop president Tony Bartell. We are excited to provide our customers with easy access to great new digital content, and at a $10 price point, we believe it's a great value. That's, you know, I, I didn't think that people would brag about, like, inventing shit like that, but um, at least towards, like, customers, or so maybe, like, to stockholder meetings, but um, that's bold choice. 2010, yeah, that was, uh, that was the retailer exclusive DLC, uh, also kind of picked up with, uh, with, with them and, and other people as well. I mean, Walmart's done it. All their, it, it became a competitive scene, but for them, it was like you get different DLCs if you go to the different retailers. What was it? Mortal Kombat. One of the Mortal Kombat's was very famous for this. Um, th- some, I think, probably one of the Mortal Kombat's did it. Um, some Ubisoft games obviously had that. You know that that joke going that you need a a uh, like a. Yeah, a, pr- a spreadsheet of like who has what content or pre-order. Um, uh, Final Fantasy fifteen is legendary i think that game had like 14 different pre-order bonuses depending <laughs> on what retailer you went to ea had also like a lot of the times some some games or whatever different different pre-order bonuses so i have no idea if that's still going on in the times of origin and stuff but okay okay i'm just gonna keep the games uh the game stop hit train running and you tell me uh you tell me when i should stop um how about uh the exclusivity to an entire game uh, wait, I know what that was. That was that was the um sub, uh, the, the 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 submarine game from from Insomniac. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna say no. No, you're over two. That was the, wasn't that game something exclusive? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, sure they have, exclusive. I'm sure they yeah, have. I'm sure they have multiple. Metroidvania submarine game, right? Uh, and didn't they have like no? Somebody had. Oh, I think somebody I had Devil's Third exclusively in the U.S. That 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 could be. Um, and yeah, you know, I guess this isn't fair to you guys because this looks like it was uh, it was U.S. only. I'm talking about Xenoblade Chronicles. What? Xenoblade there Chronicles. Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii uh, uh, was exclusive to GameStop, um, and the controversy is I, I can I can th- the beautiful part is that I can pub uh, do uh, do uh, reports for this all day. Um, let's take a look at an article from Tim Sheehy of Destructoid, who says was this uh, the op- like the Operation Nightfall uh, Rainfall thing back then when like fans tried to get Nintendo to get some RPGs to the West? I'm not sure if that's if that's where it is. Uh, what what it is is that um, uh, Xenoblade was a scarce commodity. Uh, they didn't have a ton of them. And they sold them for ninety bucks. Ooh, yeah. Uh, used copies like U.S. dollars. Yeah, yeah. So like three euro. Damn, son. Yeah, ninety bucks. Um, I, I guess uh, this was all used stuff because the the thing was like uh, they put the they put uh, the dude from. Uh, seen a blade in Smash Bros. and everybody's like, "What game's that from?" I want to check it out. They, they, yeah, they, they had, they, they, they had every copy. So there was a a memo that went out because they wanted to sell them for more than sixty bucks. So apparently, a memo went out to employees to open every new copy, take out the discs, classify them used, and put it up to ninety bucks. Again, this is some speculatory stuff. But I think there was a. I think that one one of the things which got a lot of attention was this like uh, internal like um, guideline, employee guideline plan, how to to sell stuff and what to to prefer etc. Because I think there was like a big circle of something, circle of life plan or something they called it. There was a big Kotaku article about that. There's there's been a few, yeah. And also I'm 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 just trying to catch up on this destructoid thing because like like I, I I'll find out about these uh these kind of controversies. I, just, I don't want to spread them as as completely true, but you know uh they they're also saying this on destructoid that like yeah they uh we can't um can't sell it new uh for sixty, but we can sell it uh we can sell it used for whatever we want. So they would just yeah. they would just gut the copies and designate them in in new as new. Also, uh, Marcel, I think that that that's uh, that was uh, actually like like proper published by GameStop, right? Yeah, yeah, they, but still, it was exclusive, naturally. Amazing. So, so you know, let, let's look at that from the other angle. Okay. Because, uh, you know, as we said initially, the it felt like the whole digital thing really kicked off with Half Life Two mm-hmm. back in the day. But ever since, as I mentioned, like 
and I just saw this today because I was I was flipping through one of my like old Penny Arcade books, and they did a a, a comic at the time about the fact that you know the digital future back then was not what was people envisioned because it was like hey this game has gone gold, um you can get it in three weeks digitally for the same price at the same time as people who buy it in a store you know like in the Stone Ages. <laughs> and um, and the, back then, like in the, they, they expressed the, the future, like the, the hope, you know, for the future, like you know, that's going to change in the future. Maybe games become available as soon as they're done digitally, and they're going to be cheaper, uh, which is not what happened exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it seems like you know, so so essentially, if if we take Half Life Two as the beginning, you you could say that like for sixteen years now, um, games retail has been put on alert, put on notice that, hey, in the future, your your importance is going to be greatly diminished. <laughs> um, and you see, we, you know, we keep seeing that, for example, I think uh, in, in, in recent, and for whatever reason, I don't know, I pay a lot of attention to those. Uh, in recent financial calls by Ubisoft, they uh, now uh, you know, make, make more, way more money from digital sales than, than from retail or so. So, do you think, or do you have the impression that stop, that shops like GameStop have done, have used those sixteen years to any noticeable or helpful degree in preparing for you know, like tackling new market conditions, or has it has it felt more like a, we're gonna ride like the pre-owned train as hard as we can, and then one day we're gonna be like, well, fuck, we we couldn't have seen this coming. You know, yeah, I, I think I think they're they're definitely. I mean, and that's that's pretty much what they said, right? Like, uh, like there was the thing uh, kind of released by them uh, last year. I don't know if it was intentionally released or just kind of leaked out, but they were like thinking about turning GameStop into something more akin to your your mom and pop things, where it's like we're gonna have uh, hangouts and game nights and sell concessions and other things to kind of go with it. Like they they definitely have to adapt. It's just what horrible beast they're going to adapt to and i'm not sure if uh i i can't i i don't see a world where where they're they're going to be able to keep sustaining themselves on reselling as their main pillar you know what i mean um it feels like one of the most or like most interesting like uh, you know attempts at changing stuff has been with game um where they have now i think they're called belong like belong arenas yeah, where like they're trying to, as part of like some of their larger flagship stores, they try to have these event spaces where like you know people can come in, test games, or they can do like small esports asking like fighting game tournaments, FIFA tournaments, or you can you can pop down a couple of friends, play a game you know, like that you maybe don't all have or like don't have the setup, so I think you can rent them or something like that or like right. yeah. I think that really feels like one of the things, or or in general, um, like something maybe it's not game related, but as another example, um, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, she works at a bookstore, yeah. and they, for example, now as part of the bookstore have a cafe, like where people can come in. You know, you, you can you can rent some books to read there. You can buy newspapers, sit there, read there, and that seems to be doing okay. So it really feels like a lot of, for a lot of retailers, their strategy or their attempt at trying to stay meaningful in the days of like digital sales and digitalization is to try to you know, make it more about like going there. Right. Like, I mean, uh, like I, I as, guess as you'd have to make location it... or something. Yeah. You, you'd have to make it an experience that, that is, is more than the product, right? Because the product they can get it almost easier than ever. I mean, every day. Like, I mean, even uh, even down in Frankfurt, uh, they have um, same day delivery now. More cities in Europe are doing the same thing, and that's the same in cities in the states. It's like you can get that product uh, more conveniently and in almost the same time as it would be for going down to a brick and mortar. Um, it's it's definitely about offering an experience that you can't get on that. Um, and I mean, even with resale, they can't, they can't seem to do that. So, so yeah. What would make you guys go to a GameStop? That's a good question. Uh, can I just quickly say something of I course, want to yeah, say? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You. No, no. What I really appreciate, like when you said it right at the start, maybe sounds completely innocent to Americans, uh-huh. but like the term, like, like curbside pickup, that sounds to me like as shady as possible as can be. Hey, look, that's not as, uh, as shady as, um, as the the what was the what was the other common uh, read this on a forum kind of thing about uh, GameStop employees is that it was it was you could usually apparently again 
uh, speculation. I've, I've preambled enough. You could find a GameStop employee that would use his employee discount to buy games and then sell them uh, to you slightly cheaper, but enough for him to make a profit out back. So curbside pickup is probably something that a lot of people are used to. Makes sense all of a sudden. What are you buying? But yeah, that, that that does very much sound like a like a drug deal to me, like a curbside pickup. It does. Pick it does. You, got the, you want that Animal Crossing? I, I'll make sure. Look, my island has apples on it. You know you want them apples. Does does your island have apples? No, my island has pears because I, I guess I'm. I guess. Yeah, I got that pears. Was, dude, that was that I, was. I checked today. I think I should have hopefully have uh, cherries and peaches today or tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, me, uh, me too. Because we because we have our our uncle works at Nintendo, um, but uh, um, that that was that was honestly one of the one of the funnest things I I got to see this weekend is like um I haven't played Animal Crossing since the uh the GameCube and um booting that up to to look at the pear island memes and how the pear, hashtag pear gang right I, no the pears pears are are uh, disdained they're universal i know hated. i know yeah but that's, there's now like a whole new movement it's hashtag oh, pear gang. that's um that's ridiculous but yeah to uh to kind of to kind of swing it back uh just like you guys love visiting your animal crossing islands what would it actually take? What 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 would it take for a GameStop to be a place that you would like to visit? Can you think of anything? Save their business. Reggie is listening. I I don't know. Like it, the the idea of like creating a social space or an even space is is a little bit weird for me because uh, I mean we had uh, internet cafes and, and stuff like this in the past that never worked out. Uh, stuff like um, social spaces, more like the Asian like the 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 banks, like where an internet what? cafe. A gaming space, a Korean bang, what? Gaming, gaming internet cafe. No, you're ruining all the good SEO work that me and Marcel did <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. You cannot, we've been through this, you cannot just keep shouting Korean bang into the mic. So I don't see that working in, in, in Europe or America. So, so like, I mean, right now, if you go into a game store, it is pretty much, it looks like a very, very, very shitty comic book store without comic books. But with all the Funko Pops and all that shit, and and, and cups and etc. and merchandise and a little bit of game, a little bit games, the question is like, how do you create an even space out of that? They're usually small, they're cramped, they're littered with shit. Um, <laughs> and how? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Putting <laughs> a couch in there and an old and a TV and just say, yeah, grab a Coke and, and play some 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 Mario Kart. Oh, that was that was. Uh, one of the most condescending things I'd ever I've ever heard. It was really good. I <laughs> I love it. I'm, I would like to see to a pitch, a pitch from from uh, the the from Reggie himself, from, Mr. Mr. From Reggie Pizza. himself, his plan how to create an appealing social space or even space out of like a like a forty square meters GameStop. Uh, Marcel, do you have anything constructive? What would what would it take to get you to a GameStop? So I'm trying to like I'm trying to couch this very nicely. So I don't want to sound like elitist or condescending. Uh huh. But like my first impression when I walk into those stores, it's usually it feels kind of filthy and cheap and rundown. That's the same thing he said, you guys. Um, but seriously, you know, you you walk in like again, half of it is is barely games these days. It's just like tons of Funko Pops, which I have an inherent disdain for because you know they are cheap and trashy in a way you gave me one um, there, there's there's tons of yeah yours is amazing that's commander zavala dude like he leads the vanguard <laughs> he he fights to protect humanity from True. all the enemies that you will never encounter because you stop playing the game with me you piece of shit anyways um <laughs> moving on yes before like some some you know like long boiling feelings cook up mm-hmm. um yeah you know it, again it's 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 those tons of like torn open uh, game boxes like with their with their trashy stickers on it that it's pre-owned. It everything about it, it, ju- it just seems like you know like a, a very like almost like a second. I mean, in a way, it is a second-hand store in a way these days. So they gotta they gotta class it up, is what you're saying. They gotta do they gotta do a George Clooney Nespresso thing where it's not just a place where you go get coffee capsules. You, there's a little bar and you can hang out with movers and shakers. And have no, no, no like it's just uh, like I just appreciate a a certain baseline of of feeling like like it's professional. Do you think that they should? But a lot of these really, as you say, out. it feels like a kind of like people walk out the back door to sell games there, like in in the back alley. Because again, it's it's there's essentially no 
on the store shelves at least no new games they're all torn open like they have those trashy stickers on them it's it's a lot of trashy cheap merchandise that takes up a lot of space there's for example no pc games uh, which sound, sounds probably weird for like our international listeners like from the us but in germany uh, retail pc games are still a big thing like if you go to any mainstream um electronics chain or so they will have several shelves uh, of of physical pc games uh, gamestop doesn't have that at all they don't have pc games um then okay maybe that's a a weird complaint coming from somebody in my job but like when i go to a shop i have the expectation that the person selling the stuff knows more about or at least as much about the stuff that he wants to sell than i as i do and you don't feel you don't feel that that's well, I mean, hey, they gotta push that I, circle. I don't of life. feel I've ever had like one of those shops like an experience where I got like, yeah, that person really knows what they're talking about. Again, you know that that's that's I haven't been to those shops too often, so like that is of course very anecdotal evidence. It's entirely, and I know I know some people who work at GameStop, um, who who absolutely know this. She like they know their games, and I'm sure they could do like a great recommendation if people tell them, hey, I'm looking for a game like this, so I'm sure they would they would do a bang out job. But it feels like in my personal experience, whenever I talk to people, they didn't really know that much what they were talking about. Um, all right. So I guess. Uh... So yeah, I think like that. Is, but again, the, the problem is like all of these complaints that I have, like, I think it's very obvious. I think everybody shares some of those that it feels like a, a trashy secondhand stop at the same time. Um, it really feels like that whole pre-owned thing is is the only thing that's still keeping them alive. So, you know, it's, it's kind of easy to say, hey, change everything about the way that, that you're trying to hold on to a life raft. Yeah. Um, so really for, I really, for me, one of the big questions and, um, you know, just, just to, again, put this into context, I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm tr- insensitive to what's going on in the world, but like, you know, it, it's my job to consider about the games way the, the ways the games are sold one of the big questions for me about the, like this this whole pandemic is by the time things settle down you know on the professional level how much will the purchasing habits of people have shifted more towards digital you know depending on oh. how long this goes if people are not able to buy something like you know final fantasy 7 the remake there's a very high chance seeing how soon it comes out that in a lot of countries people will not be able to walk into a store to buy that game they can get it from amazon but at that point i think a lot of people also be well uh, i might just as well buy it from the playstation network right that so is I, I think for a lot of people who still buy physical obviously there's there's hardliners or like there's people doing this like for like to make a, a, a statement or whatever those people will still probably get it from amazon but i think for a lot of people it's like well i've never tried it buying digitally but if i if i have no other choice right now if i'm forced to hey maybe they're going to find out that they actually like it so um i definitely think that you know the physical retailers will lose some customers over this and yeah. um of course as as we know um gamestop hasn't been exactly been uh, you know afloat in money for a while now so really I, do you think that like uh, that, that the some of these physical games or only retailers will will survive this pandemic. I'm not sure to be honest. I'm I'm also uh, that I think that's the that's the question. I mean, after we gave um, after we gave the business such such amazingly good advice as don't be dirty and stupid. I think uh, I think our audience is counting on us to to predict whether or not they're they're coming back. I don't see it lasting on the scale. I, it, it feels it feels like blockbuster. It feels like uh, not as fast. As as them doing the same the same dance, but it feels like a a um they they're trying everything that they possibly can to to be like no it's still gonna be DVDs and and, and VHS tapes like physical physical media is 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 gonna hang around and I just don't see that being a one pillar job anymore. That's that's my take on it. I'd say I think a couple of years tops. Yeah, I agree. And that's not even like this. It's not even related to to shady business practices or not. Even if they would be the the, the greatest company uh, alive when it comes to employee satisfaction or whatever, it would be still the same. I, th- I don't think that model can survive two thousand twenty yeah. or twenty one or twenty two. I I would love to see what 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 effects that place would have if they you know if they really um, made it less like the McDonald's of video games and more like a like a place you'd want to sit down and eat at, you know what I mean? I I I would love to see 
if they could capture that kind of mom and pop nostalgia. But uh, but I, I'm with you, Marcel. What do you think? Um, you know, uh, always hard to predict the future is, as a wise green man once said. But um, yeah, I think it really depends on like how long this goes. Any any major launch that they miss out on, I think, is gonna dress dramatically worsen their outlooks. Wait, no, no. Um, um, you have to predict. That's what we're doing right now. Well, wait, just let me finish. All right, I'm just saying, if you try to cop oh, out on predicting, I'm not. I'm not copping out of anything. Okay. I want a hard prediction at the end of this. Um. Yeah, as I said, like every every major launch they miss out on is gonna decrease their chances. Um, they're definitely gonna miss Final Fantasy, which is along alongside Animal Crossing probably the biggest launch of the first yeah. half of this yeah. year, I would yeah, I guess. So um, they are probably assuming it's gonna make it stay there right now. It's looking that way. Uh, they're probably gonna miss out on Resident Evil, which would be again another one of the marquee releases. Um, and then there's gonna be a long summer of not that much new new big physical release there's gonna there's still gonna games coming out you know indie titles but nobody buys them if they're even available at at retailers right so um and it already felt like at the start of the year when nobody knew what a what a COVID 19 was or that corona was just beer it already felt like gamestop is essentially trying to drag its way through the year until the new console launch new the new console generation launches because that's you know going to be a big boost to their business, obviously. True. Um, and right now, with the way things are going, again, as of now, officially, both new consoles, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, um, are launching uh, holiday this year. That may still shift as well. And yeah, um, yeah I don't think... I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to survive this, but I don't think GameStop is going to be around in 2022. All right. You heard it here almost certainly not first, but... And what you guys I suggest we ask in, in the grand tradition of asking that man tons of stuff that has nothing to do with his work. I propose we ask Jürgen Klopp what he thinks. Yeah, he's just a guy with a beard. What does he do about pre-ordering games? I love him though. Yes. Legend, forever legend. He saved my club, you know. <laughs> All, right. All right, Marcel, take us out of here. Uh, so yeah, that was a uh, a less less happy topic than last week. I feel like but all my. I, I feel, uh, I, Yes, sir. Yeah, go I, ahead. I feel like I've finally gotten my GameStop revenge. You, you think so? You got yeah. you got a you got a platform now. I you fucking, got your audience and now. I you like used my from, my from the pulpit. You you spewed bloody revenge. That's right. That wow. That was yeah, really good. Yes, I did that. It's I like I work with words, right? I feel pretty good about it. So yeah, um, thank you, dear audiences, always for listening to to Richards ramblings and and nice. threats uh, <laughs> thank you as always to listening to buddies uh, to busties uh, thoughtful ponderings on the nature of system shock and man mm-hmm. and uh thanks for being here to listen to me being you know handsome uh we will promise to next next week in next week's episode to have a more joyous and and happy topic again and we will also and this is a promise i make right now we will next week update you all three of us on our progress in animal crossing how our island's going because last week after the episode i uh, i was contacted by several listeners who said like they're really looking forward to hearing how we're going to do in, in animal crossing hey, so yeah. next week we got we got to do that next week we'll, we'll update you uh, until then as you know as we mentioned stay inside stay uh, safe you uh, do all this stay, stuff Oh, so what should I what what should yeah, I have done? The email and the twitters and stuff. Uh, yes, I'm gonna do that. Right I don't know now. if you're gonna do it, man. It looked like you were really winding it down. Normally you'd wind yeah, it down yeah, yeah. after. That is always part of the wind down, you whiny downer. Oh, all right. Oh all right. shit! Oh, oh my god, dropping bombs. Okay, mm. Richard, if people want to talk to you on Twitter, what's your Twitter so handle? Why does it gotta be like that? No, do do your. No, first. Richard, what's your Twitter no, handle? No, please, first. Richard, what's your Twitter? It's the same Twitter I've always had, Marcel. I, you know, it's it's called. Uh, oh, Richard, God, no, please not GameStop at, at there's an at sign in front of that. Um, basically, I, I find that uh, that we're trying to to do what what digital media has done to GameStop by offering what GameStop offers on Twitter. So please tweet me uh, your your game collections and uh, and how much you'd like for them. And I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. OK, uh, if, if you want to hear more of Busty's very thoughtful considerations and thoughts on system shock where could you reach him uh, you can always get in contact with me on twitter at bastian thun also feel free to share your assumptions 
of how much money do you have to pay someone like Reggie or what do you have to hold ransom to get him to uh, to your director board uh, if you're a company like GameStop? Free pizza. No, I think after I think after to save to save them after the Wii U, uh, Reggie sold his soul. Now the devil just came calling. Was like, you know, wouldn't it be hilarious for you to work at GameStop? Oh, it's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> If you have more ideas like that, please feel free to talk to me on Twitter at com underscore raven. Um, if you have ideas that you feel all of us should see and Richard actually reads, because I don't think he checks his Twitter that much recently, you can write an email to projectorlunchcast at gmail.com. And uh, I think, yeah, that's really it from our side. Uh, as I mentioned, stay inside, stay safe, uh, play some games. And uh, we look forward to listen, being listened to by you, dear listeners, next week, Thursday. Um, hey, Marcel. Yes. I just have to ask, if, if the new GameStop was just a lounge setting where you would, you would go and pre-order games from Todd Howard, would you go? It, would there like be a, a special pre-order bonus from for going to these physical locations like a Todd Howard Funko Pop? Uh, it actually turns out once you get there, it's just like that scene in Pulp Fiction where people are pretending to be uh, Todd Howard. Still works for me. Okay. Uh, also, yeah. After you finish, after you you finish listening to this, please play the first uh, DLC expansion for the Projector Launch Gas Game of the Year 2019, Control. Goodbye, and see you next damn week. It. God damn it. the old school yeah old school we the old school yeah old school been getting that money for a girl sweet as honey got me some roses and a little bling i knocked at her door she said what you waiting for i heard you was looking for